Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of That Sums It All Up. I hope you're all well, and you and yours are keeping safe, sane, and as healthy as can be. January is almost behind us, so well done to you. Give yourself a pat on the back. We're almost into a new month. I think everyone will be glad to leave January behind. We're in good spirits today on the podcast. Uh, Arsenal came behind to beat Southampton uh, yesterday, Tuesday. St Mary's. Goals from Nicolas Pepe, Bakaya Saka and Alexandra Lacazette ensured that we, for the time being, climbed to eight from the table. Club have also announced, I think it was this morning, so Tuesday morning, the signing of Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid on loan for the remainder of the season. Exciting times, so we'll have a few words about that. There's plenty to get our teeth stuck into from an Arsenal perspective. We're going to chat about the victory over Southampton and perhaps uh, compare it to the disappointment of exiting the FA Cup uh, last weekend. We're then going to talk about our brand new Norwegian central attacking midfielder and then we'll briefly look ahead to Saturday's showdown with Manchester United. Big game. Anyway, let's get straight into it because, well, why not? I'm delighted to welcome back onto the show Freddie Kramer. Hello there, Freddie. How are you today? I'm very good, Alf. And yourself? Yeah, very well. Feeling better about uh, Arsenal and, and life in general, bar the tiny little thing of having Thomas Suchek as my first bench slot on Fantasy Football yesterday. <laughs> that was a bit of a killer. Biggest mistake that, a man could make. Apart from that, all good. Um, did you did you manage to have yourself a, an enjoyable Christmas period, New Year's? How was your January? All of that? Yeah, I, I did. I did celebrated uh, my birthday in January. Um, obviously, not seeing a single soul and keeping myself oh, of firmly remain uh, firmly in, in my own bedroom uh, with yes. two meters distance apart from everyone. Uh, had a nice Christmas, uh, Hanukkah for those who are also that way inclined. Um, and uh, yeah, a positive new year. Looking forward to um, the resurgence of uh, Mikel Arteta's army. Exactly, quite, quite. Well, I think the last time that, that uh, for for those of for those loyal listeners, you'll remember that uh, Freddie was on the podcast. I think it was after the Wolves game, but you could correct me on that. But it's a game that we lost two one, and that was very much the we were well into the thick of a uh, a pretty tough pretty tough run of, of games and fixtures. So how times have changed. But I wanted to start by discussing Martin Odegaard. He's obviously signed for the club today on loan. Is that a signing that excites you, first and foremost? Yeah, I mean, he's um, he's an in- intricate player, can play 10, can play 8, um, can sort of uh, be used in a few positions, even off the right at times. Um, hasn't really worked out for him at Real Madrid yet, playing there. Um, playing there for a few years now, had a few loans, uh, been to the Eredivisie, been to, um, been to Eredivisie twice, Vitesse Arnhem and uh, another side in that league. And then also he's been to Real Sociedad, where he's where he was somewhat shone last season, um, getting into the team of the season in the league. And you'd, you'd really feel like that would probably be enough for a Real Madrid side with a vastly ageing midfield of, you know, your, your Modric's, your Cruz's, you know, players that are pushing on a little bit, Isco. Um, and you thought he'd get a chance. He hasn't got a chance. I think he's played about nine games this season, a few in the Champions League. And you know what? Their, their loss is Arsenal's gain. And and what what wrong can he do in six months? You know, we've seen Denis Suarez come in. We've seen Kim Kalshman come in. We've had the lows. Now maybe it's time to 
to have someone that will shine for us. And it would be nice to have a little bit of rotation in there. Smith Rowe looked tired the other night a little bit. And, you know, someone in their fresh legs, a bit of creativity. And it'd be nice to see. Uh, always good to see a new signing. Absolutely. I think you, 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 you draw upon an important point. You know, Emil Smith Rowe has impressed massively since coming to the fold, but he is still what you know he's a young boy he has had a recent history of injury problems he sort of limped off towards the end of the game uh against uh who was it who did we just beat Southampton and so we definitely need some rotation and I think Martin Odegaard can provide that for us so yeah I mean the thing is with Emil Smith-Rowe is that he has not had the games where we can rely on him sort of from a fitness point of view obviously he's impressed massively since he's come back into the come back into the fold but I think it's a very shrewd piece of business to get someone who is quite similar profile to him and also can play in tandem with him as well as you say a short-term loan suits us well I think and of course we've had we've had some some uh, some questionable experiences in that department of in recent years, I mean, the likes of Dennis Suarez, for example. Um, but I think, you know, he's relatively experienced for his age. It's not really a financial risk. I mean, we're paying a, a sort of quite small loan fee, about £40,000 a week, if reports to be believed. And, you know, if he does well, then great. We Even if we don't have an option, then there's no reason to suggest that we can't pursue a, a permanent deal at the end of the loan. If it doesn't quite work out, then we've given it a go and we've had some sort of, uh, you know, a fullback option if Smith Rowe is injured or we need to play Odegaard in various different positions in that sort of front four. So, look, I think, I don't think we can complain really about the signing. It's better than sort of a short term sort of uh, outlay that then the club have to commit to. This is quite temporary and only has an upside really for. Arsenal for the player as well. He'll want to prove himself for Real Madrid probably as well if he if he does really well and they either can welcome him back to the club or you know sell him at a, a, a better price. So it just it is. I'm not saying I'm 100% excited, but I can see probably how he's going to fit into the team. Um, I don't know how much we can expect of him. I mean, what do you think is a realistic uh, like? in terms of number of games or sort of attacking output. I, I don't quite have a, a clear idea in my head, but maybe we don't need to have one unless you had an idea. Um, well, I think basically, I, I don't think he would have come if Arteta said to him, you're going to be a bit of a player this season. I think he would have said to him, there's a lot of games to play. We've got a tough run of fixtures coming up. You know, go out there and show what you can do. And he's not going to be there to to be the experienced player that plays ahead of Smith Rowe. And he's not going to be the guy that plays under him. Maybe they can play together. Maybe they can interchange every game because you've got to remember Smith Rowe's still in his teens. You know, it's a lot of responsibility for a player of that age to to take on his shoulders. And you know what? Having another player who, you know, let's hope he's a bit better than Willian, our other option in that area. Um, you know, someone who can just add a bit of that unpredictability, that flair in attack. And it, and you know what? We've got nothing to lose. Worst case, we don't sign him. But I think it's I actually think it's a very shrewd bit of business from the from the club as a whole. You know, we obviously couldn't get our first choice targets in Jan. So, you know, get someone to, as a stopgap and then go and pursue them in the summer. Don't go and rush and sign someone who's maybe not, not the right fit just because you need someone at the moment. And I think that's a shrewd bit of business and the club deserve credit for it. Yeah, exactly. And I think even if we were able to pursue our first choice target this, this window, which would be unlikely anyway, to sort of sign someone 
at this point in the season is always a bit of a risk. And I just think in general, short-term options in January are are worth it. And yeah, I, I think, as you say, there's only an upside. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. It might take a while. I don't expect him to play a part in, in the Manchester United game on the weekend, for example. But look, if he can build up his fitness and prove that he's he's ready to to play a part in the squad especially if we've got a couple of sort of muscle strains and injuries and and so many games to start playing across the month of february he's going to be needed as will you know our other options and fringe players but yeah is there anything else that you wanted to add on on Erdegaard before we move on to talking about the game um from tuesday night i think i've left no stone on turn there i think uh <laughs> we can go. We can go. We should go on to the game. I mean, what a game it was! Absolutely. Well, you know, we we won three uh, one. It was. A, I, I think it was a pretty enjoyable game, to be honest. All things considered, and obviously, I'd be saying that because Arsenal won. But look, it's like I think, given how we'd lost the game uh, in the FA Cup, which I think we were all slightly disappointed about. But I think we could appreciate that there was a need for rotation and. A lot of those players didn't produce. Southampton are a good side. They didn't rotate and play a full-strength team on in the FA Cup. We were slightly maybe unlucky not to not to get a chance in that game to, to you know, take it to extra time or something. They obviously scored from a deflection. But, you know, if you had said to me before, if we lose the FA Cup game and we'll definitely win the, the, the league game, I think I'd take that absolutely. And, and that's sort of how it turned out. So I just wanted to run through the game um and and think about some of the things that happened throughout it especially in light of um the FA Cup game and ahead of the Manchester United game because you know now we're suddenly I mean maybe I know Mikel Arteta said that he didn't really want to start looking up the table but as fans I'm sure we're starting to 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 have a little little look over our shoulders to what lies ahead as opposed to what lies below us um so yeah, let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Team selection. Um, did anything jump out at you in terms of uh, the starting eleven that Mikel Arteta selected uh, on Tuesday? Um, no, no real surprises. Um, Gabriel not done the best in the cup. Looked a bit shaky, but that's expected. Uh, effects of COVID are really, you know, uh, we expect to see a drop off from the such the such of the heights that he he hit early in the season. Um, Louise coming in. He's looked all right recently. He was a bit shaky in the game, but you know what? An experienced head there and a leader uh, for some of the younger players. It's all about that balance of young uh, and mm. old. Um, Pepe coming in. I mean, he got a lot of stick in that cup game. And, you know, the stats uh, would say otherwise. Um, created the most amount of chances. I think it was five in that game. And, and obviously, you know, Arteta does want to get the best out of him. When you invest so much money into a specific player, it's hard not to keep giving them chances. Um, and you know what? He... Uh, he, well, he's potentially at fault for the first goal, but he will reap the rewards of the second. Um, apart from that, no real surprises. Saka is is uh, undroppable at the moment. That Xhaka mm. and Party pivot. Nice to see Party play as much as he could over ninety minutes, gradually building up for hopefully a full ninety on on the weekend. Um, mm. I think the surprises more came in in the form of their side. Um, you know, missing both uh, first choice fullback Carl Walker Peters and Bertrand. Um, you know, Bertrand, the Champions League winner, bags of experience, and, and Carl Walker Peters, uh, an ever present thorn in our side on the weekend as well. Um, you know, that's that's um, that's certainly uh, uh, an area that we would we were going to look to target, I think, in, in that game and did target. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, the way that Southampton play, they've sort of cultivated their 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 um their tactical blueprint on on sort of playing a really high line and a lot of the time it works a treat you know they press really high and they don't give you much of an opportunity to or a time on the ball but i think you know especially without their fullbacks um as you said Bertrand and walker peters and they they got those two other rookies in i think valerie and can't remember the name of the other guy but vokins i think it was sam Vokins. yeah 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 so we were able to exploit that and i think saka had a lot of joy down the right as he always does at the moment, because he's just in, in absolutely scintillating form. And Pepe as well. And I think their high line as well meant that we could we could exploit the space in behind. And it was so good to see players running in behind. It's something that we haven't seen for so long. And we, you sort of wish that Aubameyang was there because that's his game. But it didn't matter yesterday because we had, you know, for the first goal, Xhaka playing through Pepe, who I was slightly, you know, I... I I mean, it, it speaks volumes of where he's at at the moment because I was slightly surprised that he did get the start. I would have thought that maybe Martinelli or I don't know, someone else would have started, but I'm glad that he got the start because I think he wasn't, he was frustrating against Southampton, but I think he was one of the better players. And in Aubameyang's absence, I think he deserves, you know, a chance to to get some minutes and 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 hopefully build up some rhythm. So I thought he did well, but yeah, as you say, I mean, maybe Cedric Suarez at left back. I mean, maybe we were expecting Aye. Kieran Kieran Tierney to 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 return to fitness, but it wasn't to be. Cedric Suarez had a had an excellent game at left back, uh, which was very <laughs> somewhat surprising, I suppose. But apart from that, you know, I think having rotated in the FA Cup, which was necessary, and a lot of people weren't too happy about it, it, it sort of paid off the team selection, and hopefully. The likes of Kieran Tierney, Smith Rowe, and Thomas Partey will be all right for Saturday. But yeah, apart from that, is there anything else that that sort of you um, were thinking about going into the game? Um, I, I, you know, what? I'm quite surprised Ainsley Maitland-Niles' uh, lack of minutes over the two games. To be honest with you, um, Cedric came in on the weekend, didn't look great, really looked uh, looked vulnerable. Um, but then, well. I mean, really, he's made up for that performance uh, in the league. But, you know, you would have thought that Ainsley may have got a half in there somewhere. You know what I mean? And I can't help but think that he's close, uh, that he's moving closer to the exit door. Um, I just don't see where he fits in the squad. He's not good enough to play midfield. Well, it's not that he's not good enough. It's we haven't seen enough of him. Uh, mm. Fullback, uh, we've got Cedric and uh, Bella in. We've got Tierney on the other side. So he can play understudy one side, but he's still not even getting a game that side. Um so I don't really know where he fits in in the Arteta plans. And when Arteta was questioned, he said he's played Europa League, he's played FA Cup, he's played some Premier League minutes, but I can't help but feel like he'd want more. Yeah, and I think it's quite telling, you know, he started that game against Crystal Palace at left-back, came yeah, off, I think, yeah. after about 60, 70 minutes, and he didn't have the best game. And I think the comments the week after when he was when he was completely dropped from the squad... And people were sort of asking Arteta, why is he dropped from the squad? And he just, he, he replied, he's got to show that he wants it more. So maybe, it, I think there's always been a question about attitude and application around Maitland-Niles. I too would would not mind seeing him more. You know, I think he's a useful player, but if he's not, if he's not uh, got the right attitude, I, and I think that's something that we can, we can see that Cedric Suarez does have, you know, this professionalism and, and application and dedication to sort of getting minutes. And I think Arteta has, has shown himself to be, very rewarding of that. So I'm not too fussed about Maitland-Niles. I think, you know, if he's not going to play a part this season, which he hasn't really, 
you know, he's good insurance, then I think he will be sold in the summer. But again, don't have a particular problem with that if he doesn't fit in anywhere, as long as we can get a reasonable price for him, not the sort of 15 million bid that Wolves put in at the, at the summer. So I think for that reason, I don't think we were wrong to hold on to him. But yeah, I mean, the first half, I mean, it was quite entertaining. It was end-to-end for the first half, basically. They, um, I mean, this was some of the stuff that I was I was thinking about during the game. I mean, Lacazette, obviously was put through in pretty much the first minute. I think he should have scored. I think it was a good save, but he sort of opened his body up and didn't put it far enough into the corner. And when you're going to open your body up like that, I think you've got to, you can't, if you're, if you're an elite striker, then you, you do. And to be fair to the, you take no credit away from, from the keeper. It made a great save, but I think Lacazette's got to be scoring that. What did you make of that? Um, you can't help but think he's got to put it away. But, uh, you know, the the telling, it, sorry, the, it shows uh, of a good striker that they don't let, you know, that one chance uh, hamper them in the rest of the game. And, you know, I thought mm. he was, he's been superb of recent. Uh, and him and Smith Rowe have been the catalyst for the change at the club. You know, Lacazette started to look like he wants to be there a bit more. You know, he, he's walking around a bit with a, you know, like he like he deserves to be there. At some points in the season, he's looked um, he's looked tired. He's looked lethargic. His finishing's been poor. But you know, recently that link up with Smith Rowe, Saki, you know, he's he's um he's a, re-invi- a revitalized striker. And you know, uh, we're reaping the rewards. I mean, yeah, he should have scored that first one, but he scored you know scored one further on the game. He assisted. He was in the build up. He was playing back to goal. He was setting things up, and and he was leading the line like a striker should. Mm. Um, and and it's just it is refreshing to see. Obviously, it would have been nice to have a Batman there, and you know, obviously we we wish his mother well uh, after seeing mm. that today. And uh, but um, you know, what I mean, he's making the most of his chances, and he's he's somewhat undroppable at the moment, Lacazette. Yeah, I agree, and I think you know he's been one of these players, especially in our in the sort of slump over Christmas and and prior to that, who became symbolic of this sort of lethargic, static, you know, unenergetic. Uh, lack of clinical finishing. It just everything that he did was it looked heavy. He looked tired. He just didn't look like he was up to it physically. And then as soon as these young players come in and his confidence starts coming back with a few wins, it's crazy because I think you know confidence is such a big thing with him. And he looks like he's confident. He looks like he he knows he's worth starting. He's doing a job that he enjoys doing um, because people are running off him and he's got energy around him and the likes of the likes of Saka and, and Smith Rowe and, you know, Martinelli when he plays, Aubameyang looks fresher. So I think he's definitely a player who gets better with with more energy around him and he doesn't have to sort of chase lost causes and know that he won't get the ball afterwards. So I think there's a balance to his play at the moment, which is really impressive. And like you say, he should have scored in the first minute, but he kept his head up. He was, he was pretty good throughout the game, scored a good goal, um, you know, played a lovely ball through to Saka, who who did the rest. But yeah, I mean, let's let's take it on to the <laughs> quite soon after that miss. Southampton scored a goal, um, opened the scoring. It's great corner from Ward Prowse, and then Stuart Armstrong swept home from the edge of the box. And I think it, it was a good goal. I thought maybe Leno could do better, but I don't think you can really question that Leno goal. Or Pepe. To be honest, I mean, I I said Leno, obviously Pepe too. Um, but I, again, I think if anyone's to blame for that goal, it's probably Pepe because he was meant to be marking him, uh, marking the man at the edge of the box. But you know, how often do those go in? It, it was obviously a rehearsed, rehearsed move, and it paid off. So, uh, 
complaints yeah maybe because you should be switched on there shouldn't be someone free on the edge of the box anyway but you're relying on pinpoint delivery but i suppose suppose we should have known that with ward prowse um but instead of instead of letting our heads down straight away sort of getting behind Xhaka slides a lovely ball through to pepe um who takes it into his stride and finishes it really clinically with his left foot sort of holds off the defenders and plants it into the corner and i think that was a really good important goal for pepe especially given that you know he hasn't played since that that loss against everton you know a month ago or so now um and so you know he he drew things level whether it was anything that stood out in particular for that goal and and pepe's finish um, it was nice to see for once that the heads didn't drop after we went one behind. You know, how many times, how many times in the past have we gone one down after, you know, an early goal and suddenly you look at, you look for a character to try and fire the team up and everyone's heads down, the ball keeps going backwards, but we look positive. It didn't phase us. We, we went for it straight away and we knew they would get out of ball um, <laughs> at, that, at that moment. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know um, party creating space on the ones and twos in midfield. Xhaka, I think he brings the best out of Xhaka. I really do. Um, you know, Xhaka, the villain, the hero, the villain again. You know, you know he's a, he's a, a pantomime a character in the Arsenal midfield. But, but when he's next to party, it's that stability. You know, when party when party's on the ball, you never look, you're never worried. You, you don't think he's going to be dispossessed. He looks easy. It's very casual mm. and, and it's nice. And that allows someone like Xhaka to be a bit more free in his play, not so cautious, look forward. And, you know, it's a good ball through to Pepe. And <laughs> unfortunately, we've seen Pepe fluff those a few times this season, but, you know, he really needed that for the confidence. Uh, and we know what a goal can do to a player like Lacazette, Pepe. Um, mm. And hopefully he can carry on. He can push forward into United. He scored against United at home last season after a, a superb Kalazinat cross. Um, and uh, hopefully he can replicate the same this weekend, yeah. Yeah, I, I seem to remember he had a great performance against uh, against Manchester United last year at the Emirates, which was obviously Arteta's first win, I think, since he took over yeah. as manager. Um, but yeah, it was great to see Pepe be clinical. And I think that's what we've got to do, get him closer to the goal, because that's where his strengths lie. He's clearly very inconsistent. Obviously, he can do great things on the ball and dribble really well. We saw that later on in the game. But, you know, he, his positioning, he can lose the ball, sort of switch off at times. But you get him in front of goal, more often than not, he should do the business like we saw for, for Lille when, you know, before we signed him. So I think, you know, I we do need to start, as you said, he's, he's such an expensive player and maybe maybe it is a case that it will never quite work out. But by the same token, you know, we've got to find, it's Arteta's job to find his, you know, make the most of his strength. And if his strength is getting in behind and, and finishing like that, then, you know, hopefully we can see a bit more of it. But it was, you know, it was quite a, a bit of a different goal uh, to make it 2-1. Uh, but, you know, similar sort of Lacazette sliding Saka through and then Saka sort of, you know, just taking it past the keeper and then having the composure to sort of stab it in with his right foot. It was it was a great goal. And, and I think, you know, it reminds me a bit of sort of that Welbeck goal. I know it was a bit further out against Manchester United uh, in the FA Cup a few years ago. He sort of takes around yeah. the keeper and he has to steady himself and you're just like, you, you've seen so many players fall over or, or not hit the target from that point. But the composure and the sort of, you know, he was going just completely through the motions. It was all sort of one move. It was a brilliant finish and a great goal. And again, it's, you know, I haven't seen those sorts of goals for ages where we've been played in behind and you sort of got a player through on goal. Um, and it was really exciting. So, well, again, any, any words on Saka? And we'll talk about him for the third goal as well. But 
I mean, recently we've become accustomed to the wing play, the crosses in the box, the Tierney putting them in. We played the one-twos down the line, which I don't mind at the moment. It has its positives, has its negatives. Negative, sorry. But it was it was refreshing to see us go a bit more direct, a bit more play through the play through the front men. You know, we all know Lacazette can drop off, so I think that's obviously a key indicator for Saka, Pepe, Smith Rowe to run in behind when he drops off there. And it's a good ball through um, from Lacazette. Uh, Saka takes a good touch in. I mean, the keeper's in no man's land there. It's shocking piece of keeping. Um, mm. You know, the, an experienced keeper like uh, McCarthy should do better. But you've got to also give credit to Saka. At no point did I think he wasn't going to score that. You know, he had a similar chance against Leeds at 0-0 um, earlier on in the season where he was put through. We had 10 men because Pepe choked Alioski or whatever he did or headbutted him. Um, and, and he missed that one. And you could see there was just a lack of composure and maybe a little bit of lack of confidence. And, he, and, and against Southampton, I think there was no mistake in that. In his current form, you know, he, mm. you, you put your house on him to score that. He, I mean, honestly, he, it's quite, I think we sort of take it for granted how good he's been. And especially given how sort of inconsistent and, and bad and poor we've been for the last year. But now that we're starting to play a bit better and, and, and the team is slightly more balanced and we're looking, you know, better going forward. He, his confidence looks to have gone through the roof. He looks so exciting, so consistent and dangerous in the final third. Um, you know, his close control, he doesn't lose the ball too much, he can win the ball, his stamina for a you know 19-year-old is 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 unbelievable. And I think, you know, at one point we'll probably have to rest them, but on current form you can't. And I think you sort of when you're when you're playing so well, I think that you know the the element of getting tired probably comes into it less. But he, you know, for his for the third goal, he sort of uh, brilliant ball from Cedric to switch the play and then you know, he controls it with his right foot and then just slides it across perfectly for, for Lacazette who I think you know it was a great goal but yeah, I've seen I've seen those been, <laughs> been missed before probably by Lacazette as well so you know he he is on the right hand side he's looking absolutely undroppable uh, dangerous to have a 19 year old who really is sort of setting the level at the moment um and it was great to see him speak before the game and after the game. And he sounded like so confident, really like he cared, which he does. I'm sure he's, he's you know, he's a Hale End graduate and, you know, almost as if he was, he was talking about how he was, he was, he was chatting to Lacazette before the game. And he said, look, you know, play me in behind. And it looks like he was talking like a leader yesterday, which I, which I loved to see. Um, so as you, as, as we were saying earlier, you know, his combination with Lacazette and Smith Rowe, but Saka's individual quality as well is really shining through at the moment. And he's, he, you know, he's winning us games, really. So, I mean, yeah, anything else to say on Saka? Because he really is something, I mean, isn't he? I mean, it was. He is. He's an exceptional player. Um, I mean, we'll go back to the goal there. Cedric cuts in on his right foot. Splendid cross. I mean, he's almost put one half volley in the top corner 10 minutes before. <laughs> um, um, it's a great ball across. And you know what? It's A lot of players wouldn't try that. Weak foot, a cross goal on the half volley there. A lot of players wouldn't try it. And I think that's mm. a testament to the confidence that he has uh, to try that, put it across. It was it was a spectacular ball across. I think it's a little bit mm. uh, underestimated how, how, how good that ball was. Uh, Lacazette, yeah, you know, we've seen players miss from there. We've seen we have, but in his current form, there's no way he's missing that. And it's, it's a great goal. It's that sharpness, a ping across, 
Saka runs at the man, he takes him on, he can go right, he can go left, he can go in behind, he can come short. Uh, he plays the ball across and it, it was just, we looked like scoring every time he got on the ball. He looked like something was going to happen. And there's a little bit of a difference between uh, between um, when him and Pepe play there. You know, they're both left-footed, they're both tricky players. But for some reason with Pepe, there's a predictability that he's going to turn onto that left foot. Whereas Saka, he, he, he seems to offer a little bit of an unpredictability in sense of, you know, he can go outside, maybe he's going to cut in, he's going to go back, maybe have a shot. And it's and mm. it's that sort of trickery that always gives him that extra step on players. It's not just the pace; it's the, it gives him that extra moment to pick out a cross, pick out a pass. And um, I think we did it well again. It was it was free flowing. It was counter attacking football. And I, honestly, it, it felt good. It felt good to uh, you know how many times at two one have we conceded a goal and it's shaky and Louise starts kicking it around and you know it was nice for once to to sit there and. You know what? And it took the edge off a little bit, that goal, I think. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the fact that this, I think this was the first game that we'd gone behind in and then won for, for a long time. I think definitely since, you know, sort of, I think round project restart or something like that, uh, that we'd I mean, done it's that. Our, um, sorry, it's our, th- it's our third consecutive away win in the league since 2018. And that says a lot that. Absolutely. And so, look, these, these sorts of things are, are, are good omens and it looks like we're becoming more resilient, more ruthless. As you say, the ball was being moved more quickly, more incisively. Uh, the players looks like they, they sort of, yeah, they have a bit more freedom to, to express themselves in an attacking sense. The gaps between the players are, are far, far smaller, which means that, you know, the likes of Lacazette and Smith-Rowe and Saka can play nice combinations and party moves ball quickly in the midfield. I mean, Cedric is good on the ball. Uh, Bellerin, you know, he was, he was all right yesterday. And so, you know, the team, the team looked good. And I think we also should mention, uh, I think Bernd Leno made a, I can't remember exactly when it was, but he made a great save at one point to Zanache Adams. Yeah. And I think he, he does, you know, he's he's not necessarily the sort of the world class caliber of of goalkeeper, but he can he can definitely make a save or two that are really important to results. And I think we are, we're very fortunate to have a keeper like that because I think it is very important to have that sort of that uh, that uh, yeah safety net behind the defense. I think it, it definitely helps solidify the team and and all of that sort of stuff. But Look, it was a three-one win against Southampton side. Who, yes, they'd lost two of their fullbacks, but you know they've 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 been, especially at home, but a very good side. And we, our pressing was great yesterday. I think it was. I saw something uh, to suggest that it was our our best pressing game, uh, given you know the underlying metrics and stuff. We made the most pressures uh, under our test that we have done all season. I think so, especially against a team like Southampton, who are renowned for their high pressing style. So. Look, it might have come at a bit of a cost. You know, we saw Smith Rowe limp off. We saw Partey limp off. And I know maybe cramp or something like that. But, you know, in the aftermath, Arteta was saying that these guys weren't fit for the cup game. That's why he had to rotate. It wasn't out of choice. But hopefully these guys can be fit for for the Manchester United game because I think, you know, Tierney and Smith Rowe and and Partey are pretty big parts of the... uh, of the jigsaw at the moment and it would be a shame to go against Manchester United without them but yeah any closing thoughts on, on the game itself I mean, and, and what I've just been saying what's, ref- what's refreshing is you know I I cast my mind back to to Gary Neville I think it was on a Monday night football calling David Louise and the Arsenal defence uncoachable yeah classic and 
you know, we've had what three or four clean sheets in our last what, five, six. You know, uh, you've got to give credit to the manager. You know what I mean? We've not got the best defensive unit, and we never said we had. You know, we put in some good players. We've we've got some nice fullbacks, but you know, we always used to look like we we're going to leak goals. And at the moment, you've got Leno and that back four in front of him, and it's like you know, I feel like there's a little bit more trust from Arteta. Holdings played, you know, I think. I think almost every minute of the season so far. Um, you know, who would have thought he would have been a stalwart in our defence this season? You know, someone who was close to leaving to to Newcastle on, on on loan at the beginning of the season. Now, someone who's an ever present with a with a new contract. Um, and I, and I think it, you've got to give credit to the manager for sorting that defence out. You know, we we saw last uh, last season, at the beginning of this season, he focused so much on the defence and almost, he almost forgot about the attack. You know, we wouldn't attack very well. We weren't dynamic. But he's got this sort of got the defence right at the moment, and now he's looking to progress. How are we going to find those intricate pockets? How are we going to um, take advantage of Southampton? You know, and it also could have come to South Af- uh, Southampton's cost. You know, they didn't rest in the cup game, and they looked mm. very tired and leggy um, uh, last night. Um, and you know, it, it just it really depends what your priority is uh, this season. For me personally, I'd say the league is more of a priority than an FA Cup. We've won a few. It is a route into Europe, but. I think with these tough run of fixtures we've got coming up, United, Spurs, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, a couple of big games, Wolves, Leicester, Villa, mm. you know, you've, we've really got to pick up points. And, you know, if we go on a good run in those next couple of games, you know, the sky's the limit. But I think you've got to focus on the Premier League uh, at the end of the day. What, what do you think? Where do you think the focus has to be? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just consistency. And I think, you know, the Europa League could be very important this year. I'd like us to, to, to really give that a, a good go, like we did last year, but obviously it wasn't to be against Olympiacos. And yeah, as you say, we've got a tough run coming up in the league, starting on Saturday with Manchester United. And look, I, I don't know quite what to expect from these from these games, but the fact that we're playing better and more consistently and have picked up points where we've really needed them, uh, holds us, you know, in a, in a good position to go into these games and and show that we can play. Um, and yeah, I think, as you say, it is, I think the, the focus does have to be on the league, but, you know, the, the Europa League is just as important. I think the fact that we're out of the FA Cup and, you know, obviously the Carabao Cup, that, that went a while ago. I think it's fine to to have those two as as your focus. So yeah, happy, happy with that. But let's just... Um, Let's let's look ahead then to, to the Manchester United game before we finish up today. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts basically before <laughs> ahead of that? Um, well, I mean, Manchester United coming to the Emirates. I mean, it's off. What's it? Probably the first first chance we've had at a double over them in in. I couldn't even tell you the year. I don't know. I actually don't know when the last time we did a mm. double over them. Um, Oli was also at the brink, like like Arteta, managed to fight his way back, unlike Frank Lampard, unfortunately. Um, yeah. um, but, you know, United look a good side. Um, and what they did against Liverpool, they sat back and they picked them off. The fullbacks went high and they picked them off out wide. You've got your Rashford's running in behind, Greenwoods and Cavani, an experienced frontman that, as Arsenal fans, we know all too well. Uh, I remember playing against PSG with Ospina in net and well, I think you know how that one goes. Um, but um, yeah, it should be a good game. But we've always played well against United. Um, we played well against them away from home. We pressed up. We, we, we played very high at the field. We got in their faces, wouldn't let them play. Um, but coming to us, I feel like they're going to do the same again. They're going to sit back. They're going to let us dominate the ball. And you can have Rashford one side, maybe Marshall the other, and try and break us down. 
you know, Pogba's found a rich vein of form of recent, scoring a few big goals. But, you know, oh, we, you know, it'd be a real statement if we went and beat them at home. It'd be a real mm. statement because, you know, fair enough, we could have beat Chelsea back a few weeks ago, who were a poor side at that time and, you know, currently aren't exactly the best side in the league. But, mm. and we went on to win again, but, uh, you know, United are top of the league. They're in, they're in top form. And to go and beat them at home would not only make it closer up there, but really uh, shock everyone, I think, at the top of the league. You know, Arsenal, maybe we've got to start taking them a bit more seriously. Um, I think Odegaard, you might see him on the bench, maybe, as a, to come on. Um, I think he'll probably go again with, uh, I think he might, holding will start. Maybe he'll probably play Louise or Gabriel. I'd probably say Gabriel for a bit extra pace on the counter-attack. You'd like to see Tierney come back in. Mm. Um, I, I, you can't drop Xhaka or Party in there, but you'd feel like maybe he uh, leave Party out for a little bit. I hope he wouldn't, but just because it's been a lot, you know, he's been injured. He's played a lot of games recently. Um, I think you'd like to see Bamiang back on the bench. Um, I don't know if I'd start him. I'd probably give Pepe the nod again. Just let him let him keep going with that confidence. Saka on the other side, and if Smith Rowe's fit to play, play him in ten. And I, I mean, that team is, is good enough to go and win. But, you know, we're going to need seven, 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 to, seven to eight out of tens all around the pitch. United are a good side. We forget that. You know, they, ha- they go through bad runs and then the, everyone talks about the manager. But player for player, they're a good side. Um, and I think, you know, coming off, coming off the back of this win against Southampton, who, who we also have to remember are a top side at the moment. You know, they, the, the, their position in the league might not represent that, but they have been in great form. Um, I think that we, we can go and win it. We can go and win it. And why not? You know, why not? Yeah. And I think thinking about United sort of at the moment, and I think they've got Sheffield United midweek before obviously comes to the Emirates on Saturday. And I think of the sort of their their players at the moment and who's playing well. You know, they've got the likes of Cavani and then Fernandez, obviously, Martial, Rashford, Pogba playing well, Shaw playing well down the left. And I think it is, we tend to, the last two times we've played them, we set, we seem to have got them at the right moment because they haven't been playing that well. And it does, you know, they've got an excellent side and it's, it's a really interesting matchup because I think we we found a rich vein of form. They're currently playing quite well as well. And, you know, I think a lot of it does depend on on perhaps who's fit for us. As you say, you know, the, the sort of back four picks itself with Leno in goal and then, you know, Bellerin uh, holding Gabriel, I think maybe is slightly too risky because I just I think that that game against Southampton was was tough for him and I don't think he's necessarily ready to step back in. So I think he'll go with David Luiz again. I think Pablo Maru would be the obvious first choice partner, but I don't think he'll be fit. Tierney, obviously, if he if he comes back and he's fit, but you know at least Cedric Suarez has shown that he can do a job there. And then Jacka Party, I think if Party's fit, he, he starts. But as you say, we've got to manage him. But you know the the downgrade is so dramatic. Sabayos obviously injured at the moment as well. So I don't think you want yeah. to be starting El Nenny and Xhaka, <laughs> uh, which uh, wouldn't be very great. And then obviously Saka, Smith-Rowe, if he's fit, Pepe, I think down the left. I think if Aubameyang's ready, he probably comes back in. But, you know, I, I, I don't think it's necessary to have him back in straight away. Lacazette probably leading the line. I wouldn't be surprised if, if one of those probably Pepe makes way for, for Aubameyang if he's fit and ready, but we'll see. And yeah, it's, it's an interesting matchup because as you say, we, a, a big statement win it would be if we, if we could get the three points. I don't really know what to expect. What I would say is I'd feel quite, I think, given that Manchester United are sort of at the, near the top of the league at the moment and we've beaten them the last two times, if they came to our place and sort of beat us, 
it, it would hurt because obviously long-term sort of rivals and stuff like that. And I feel like we're capable of on our day, you know, matching them and, and they found it quite difficult to play against us over the last what year or two. So I think our players will be massively up for it. Arteta will know that we're capable. Um, so we've just got to hope that, you know, we sort of can return to playing those big games sort of really well. And, and it's going to be interesting because obviously we the last game against one of those so-called big teams we played against uh, Chelsea was sort of the first of this of this new blueprint for Arteta. Prior to that, all the big games were sort of, you know, back three, don't have much of the ball, try and counter, but we're not that <laughs> team anymore. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what we're like and, and personnel-wise and style-wise, but I think we can expect much of the same. And obviously, you know, a win would be massive and and sort of continue this field. Uh, it's I think the platform, Al. Yeah, and I think, look, even a draw, I, I think you just, if you don't lose this game, it, it's all right. Uh, obviously, a win would be ideal. and a, But a draw and, you know, if you just can avoid a loss and sort of keep them this momentum building, this platform, as you say, then I think that would be that would be great. But, um, yeah, any, anything else you'd like to add on, on United or Odegaard or yeah. Arsenal, anything at um, the moment? Yeah, it's basically, I just think this game against United is so important. It's a platform. Um, what what may, more many people uh, won't know is, you know, we got United on the, th- on the 30th, on the weekend, uh, straight into Wolves, straight into Villa, straight into Leeds. You know what I mean? It, we lose that game and it could, you know, we don't want to see uh, a replication of earlier on in the season. We've got some horrible, horrible fixtures, but we win that game. You know what I mean? There's, there's hope. There's, there's that glimmer. There's that, you know, even a draw. I'd take a draw. I'd take a draw right now. Um, but it's just that glimmer of, you know, what could be if we get the result. And if we don't, it could be like, oh, Wolves next, you know, we better not lose this one again. And, and, and you know, where could, we, we could spiral out of control. But, you know, obviously that is quite a drastic measure and we hope that that won't happen. But it's just, I think this game means more for the sense of, of where we are as a team and, and what we could go on to do rather than mm. just a simple uh, uh, big big game between two, two top teams. Mm. Absolutely. Well, look, we shall see. And look, we can enjoy the Southampton game up until that point and then hopefully enjoy the United game and the result as well. But look, I think we'll we'll leave it there for today, Freddie. Uh, it's been great. Little prediction you, so. before we go. <laughs> little one, go on, little one before you go. go yeah, on. yeah, go on then. Um, I'll give it a one all. is what I'll do. Normally, I predict a win for Arsenal, but I'll just be realistic. I see them scoring. Um, I see us scoring. Ah, yeah. two, ones, two ones to the Arsenal, that's what I'll say. I was going to go the same. I was going to go exactly the same. I think they're, they're definitely going to score. There's no way we keep it. I could also see a 2-0, though. I feel like we haven't conceded <laughs> against them last two. So Bruno we'll, from a we'll set see. piece, though, with, with uh, <laughs> five minutes of injury time, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'll go for 2-1 as well. Win or a draw, and I'm, I'm all right about it as long as we play well. We just can't lose that game because I also live with a bunch of United fans, so that would that would sting. But look, I know, um, I enjoy that. Appreciate appreciate you coming back onto the podcast. I'm sure you'll be back on in no time at all. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we'll speak relatively soon uh, in light of the of the United game. So yeah, appreciate your time for today. Anytime, Alf. Um, so just to finish off, we can you can find Freddie on Twitter at Crame the Gooner. That's at Crame the Gooner if you fancy <laughs> giving him a follow. Quick reminder that you can find every episode of That Sums It All Up also via my Twitter at Alfie Steiner One or on my Mixcloud page. That's www.mixcloud.com forward slash Alfie 
Steiner. I'll be back on the pod next week. Plenty of football coming up, so plenty to discuss. We'll probably talk about the United game. Do let us know if you've enjoyed today's episode. All listens, shares and feedback, much appreciated. Drop me a tweet if you fancy saying something, any ideas or anything like that. As always, thanks for listening. Enjoy your week and until next time, goodbye. That sums it all.